0: As the Premier League head towards its climax, there's only one podcast that can reach such highs. Welcome to this week's Sunday League podcast. As usual, here to discuss the weekend's action. Well, not as usual, we're missing one. So let's just introduce the one man that's bothered to turn up. A man who's preparing for the Etihad tournament. is going well. Oh, as well as a Brentford striker's approach to gambling, I suppose. It's Dan. Dan, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, not too bad, thank you, Scott. Uh went to the match last night to... Uh... At the King Power. So, weekend hasn't started. Uh, week hasn't started off great, but hopefully we'll end better with the squash tournament at the weekend. So, yeah, happy to be here. You okay? Yeah, all good. Thank you. All good, Colin? I'm gonna shock you. I'm. I'm not drinking tonight, Scott. Oh, well, well, not wow. yet. I've only just got back from work, so I've just got my self a, a pint of summer fruits at the moment.
0: <laughs> well. Like, like we quickly mentioned, Adam can't make it tonight. He's got uh, other engagements. Some people just aren't loyal to the podcast, eh? I mean, I, I've never <laughs> missed a show. I've never missed one. Um, I'm only joking. For me, for me, it's uh, back to back on the beer tonight. Just a uh, gold blanche. We've got bank holiday here on Thursday. So I've only got one more day and then I get a day off. So um, I'm treating myself is it,
1: to it. Is every other week it's bank holidays there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've got to treat ourselves. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, just a cheeky beer on a Tuesday. Where can it go, wrong?
1: Um, Very nice.
0: We, we're just the two of us, Dan, we're, hopefully it will be a bit quicker. So um, we'll talk about some of the games in detail and then we'll do probably do a bit of a speed review on some of the games that mean absolutely nothing at this point. Um, so let's start the Emirates, um, where Brighton thoroughly outplayed the Gunners and have surely ended the title race. Dan, have Arsenal blown up and bottled it or can they take some positives? Uh, uh,
1: what? So we go into the Arsenal game first, or yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at this as a result. As a result, that's that's a very disappointing result. But if you go in and saying, is it disappointing season for us, Arsenal overall? I think you got to say he's done a great. It's been a great season, despite them. They have bottled it in the three games that they uh. It's not that game that's ruined the season. It was the three where they drew consecutive after being two nil up in what was it West Ham, Southampton, and I forget the other one. Yeah, and as we know, Man City just even if they're not playing against you, they'll grind you down by chasing. They chased them down and hunted them down, didn't they? In the results, where just added pressure to uh, that Arsenal side. yeah, I think it was getting to that time of the season where I just don't think Arsenal thought Man, Man City would slip up and they probably aren't going to now. So, yeah, overall, I think Arsenal have had a great season, albeit people will say they've bottled it. But if you'd have said that at the start of the season, that they were the team pushing Man City, I think Arsenal fans would have been very happy and being in the Champions League next year.
0: Uh, I think for me, I uh, I, I managed to stream... The British version or the British commentary of this game, and um, at the end of the game, I think it was Patrick Vieira, Mika Richards, and Roy Keane talking discussing the game. And I was like, oh, "Okay, any minute someone's going to go in on Arsenal," and, and they never really did. Um, for me, Arsenal should have got the Champions League place last season. Bottled it. They, they were, I think, they were twelve points clear at one point in this season, and they're going to have lost the league with two games to go. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're second, but are Arsenal going to be up there challenging for another title next season? I don't see it. And I think this was probably like a once in a long time's chance. And oh, I think people are being very generous to them. Uh, I think, you know, don't get me wrong, they've started to have some injuries. It's caught up on them. Um, but uh, Brian outplayed them. Uh, it was an absolute yeah. masterclass.
1: Um, yeah, like let's say, not take anything away from them, really. No, I think no. no, no. If- they're one of the better teams this season, aren't they? And what does yeah. done since Potter left? Uh, he's done miracle- well, miracles. They're fighting for Europe and that'd be a great come come the end of the season if they're in Europe, European. They're
0: one of the teams of the season for me, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, I think that's where I look, look at it in the end and say, <clears throat> have Arsenal bottled it? Well, who's going to be a manager of the year? I joke about who I am. you joke about Gary O'Neill, although he's starting to get a bit of appreciation. Um, there's obviously it. If if Michel Arteta had done that good a job, surely he'd be nailed on for it. And he's getting a bit of love, but it's not unanimous by any means.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, it's probably. I, I, I sometimes think it's just it's Arsenal fans that a lot. Like, I don't know. I, where do they see themselves? Because you did they really expect to win the league this year? I, I don't know. It's. I think obviously next year they'll probably hope that they're going to go one step further, but they're still they're still missing something, aren't they? They're not getting over the line, and uh, yeah, I keep hearing what Declan Rice could be going next year, but I just with that one, I just don't know whether they'll lump the money up. I just yeah. I think you'll probably have a Manchester United that will happily pay a hundred million.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah. Uh... I think uh, we'll speak about Man City in a second but Man City can make changes and I think we spoke about it on our preview where they make changes and it doesn't weaken the side. I mean Arsenal their starting elevens quite good but you look at the bench and there's you know the, the overall squads not really good enough to win a league is it and maybe that's told with the final part of the season where they've not got people that have necessarily, well, I think they've got Zinchenko and Jesus, haven't they, that have won it before, and probably your, your Yeah. Team, but they've not got that like, bit of nouse to get them over the line and they've not got a big enough squad to help them out and sort of chuck someone on with 10 minutes to go and change the game and get a winner. Like you said a minute ago, the Brighton game isn't what costs them the league. I mean, don't get me wrong, they got absolutely thumped, but the games against Southampton and West Ham in particular are the games that surely Arsenal fans will look back on and go, that's what cost us.
1: Yes. Agreed.
0: OK. Um, the Sunday snooze fest started as such for around 30 minutes. Then some real Gundogan magic put Man City on their way to a routine win. Man City managed to arrest a couple of key players and still came out runaway winners. Um, I think they can win the league this weekend, Dan. I mean, I tell you what, that Ilkaya Gundogan, when it comes to around April, May time, he, he just, he turns into a different player. I and mean, he just... I think the Champions League, he turns into a, an absolute stalwart. Um, I watched the game against Man City in the week, and he was getting battered and bruised by everybody, and kept getting up. I mean, I think it was his his second goal. Oh no, the free kick! Oh, yes, zero backlift. Oh, what a goal! And the, the the images of Pickford just make me laugh, where his his arms are as wide <laughs> as anything, and he's nowhere near the ball. And that's that's England's number one. I mean, it was routine <laughs> in the end, wasn't it? Yes. Uh. Yeah. It was, wasn't
1: it? I think you just watch that Man City team, and you don't really panic when they miss chances because you know they just they're just grinding the team down, aren't they? It, they it looks as if they're fitter than every team until the ninetieth minute, where where teams tire, Man City don't, and yeah, I keep I keep looking at that team and. When I think of the world-class players, I'm like, you've got your De Bruyne, you've got your Jack Grealish. And it's it's bad of me to say, but then I forget about what Gundogan and Bernardo Silva, both of what a bit more age in that team and they're just still world-class players. It must be such a confidence for a De Bruyne where maybe he's playing 80% in the game and then he's still got someone like Gundogan that chips in with the two goals, takes the pressure off well, we're not, obviously I'm being harsh because De Bruyne doesn't have many bad games, but that's the that's the good thing of having a Man City side, where you can have your one one bad game, and you've got someone else that will come in off the bench, even like you go as far as like Merez, he's on the bench, and then what was it in the FA Cup or something, he goes and scores the hat-trick, you like, to have that luxury of players, and yeah, I was just very surprised with, it's obviously how... Uh, through credit to Everton and uh, Sean Dyche, but how serious Man City took the game. Because I I honestly thought, after seeing that they didn't take any players off in the week against uh, Real Madrid, I thought maybe Haaland wouldn't start. Probably, I think a few of them got dropped, but I thought he was going to absolutely probably do seven or eight changes. And a fair credit to him. He obviously, I think that's part of the reason of the what we spoke about first, that, that pressure just added to Arsenal as well, didn't it, for the yeah. later on game? And uh, it, it's it's a credit to the Premier League that a side like Man City are taking it so serious till the end,
0: yeah. and
1: yeah. it's I great mean, well, to see. It.
0: They they brought Foden in, didn't they? And they brought Mares in. It probably took them half an hour just to figure out, okay, we've not got De Boer on the pitch. How are we going to go about this? And then the machine just clicked into gear, didn't it? And wow, there was no looking back. I mean, to be fair, give some credit to the Everton fans. They stuck with their team for a bit, but. I think I think this game was sewn up after it. Well, at half time, all of a sudden, I think mean, Everton fans are after half an hour going hey, up, oh, we might get a point here. And at half time, they're going, well, what's the quickest way to get home? Because the game was done. <laughs> um,
1: be the traffic.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, our next our next pod will be after the Champions League, Dan. So, I mean, let's just talk about that very quickly, I guess. Um, Man City, Real Madrid. I mean, it's a hell of a game, isn't it? Um, how do you see them getting on?
1: difficult because you
0: look at how Real Madrid have done in the league
1: and I think what well, they finished second to Barcelona by quite a few points I think yeah. uh, but they seem to be the team that does it in the Champions League don't they Yeah, f- they've got some flair obviously Man City we know a lot more about we watch the Premier League a lot more than we do the La Liga and you just hear the main games And the- but yeah there's still a few f- flair players as such and I keep thinking Benzema's too old and uh, he still seems to pop in with the goal when they need it the most. So, yeah, yeah you've got to worry. But then I, my head's saying Man City are the best team in the world. And if, if they turn up, then there's no doubt about it. We'll be seeing Man City in the final. I, to be honest, I can't see nothing but the treble. But it is the Champions League that eludes them, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's still
0: a mind game on the team. What, what, What's your thoughts? I uh, know. I was just about to say, I think Guardiola had a bit of a uh, pop at Eurovision didn't he over the weekend because um, Real Madrid managed to play on Friday night, whereas Man City didn't play until Sunday because they couldn't play on Saturday because uh, the mighty Eurovision was on in Liverpool. So I do wonder whether, you know, that bit of extra preparation for Real Madrid makes makes a difference in such a game that, that could go either way. I th- I do think it'd be a belter. I think they played last season, didn't they? And at Man City, it was like 4-2 or, or something. And I, I, could, I could definitely yeah. see another game like that. I think uh, maybe the first 20 minutes might be cagey, but then both teams know, look, we're better at attacking than we are defending. So let's just go for it. It's definitely
1: um, advantage Man City going with the, being at the Etihad, I think. They've done, oh, yeah, they're, they're winning yeah. the battle so far, I'd
0: say. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those games where I'm going to watch it and I'm genuinely going to enjoy it because like I say for the Premier, it'd be nice that Man City win it, but I'm not that bothered. I mean, they do nothing for me. I've got nothing against them, but they don't do much for me. Um, so I'm generally quite excited just to watch the game. And uh, like I say, I'm going to go down the pub tomorrow, have a few beers for the next day off, and uh, and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, we'll see how it goes, and we'll catch up on the pod later in the week. And uh, no doubt, I think it's uh, Adam's turn to give us a ninety-second debrief. And mainly, it's all about that game, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> um, so Saturday's early kickoff saw a seesaw battle between Big Sam's Leeds and Newcastle. Dan, is this a good point for either side? It's, it's a good, it's a better
1: point for Leeds, I'd say, because uh, I think if you were looking at that fixture at the start of, uh, at the of the day, I think uh, a lot of people would have said Newcastle, this is three points. But after... Obviously, I don't want to speak too much, but after the other results of the weekend, which we had, but I think there's more pressure on Newcastle now. Uh, Obviously, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, overall, I think Leeds, which is, I think they'll still be happy with the relegations. I think I would be much happier in Leeds' position than I would Everton going into these that's two Uh, because I think they've got this time away which I fancy them to get something there then Spurs I fancy that yeah but overall I think Newcastle Newcastle didn't really ever get going I didn't feel it was a bit of a strange one it was a scrappy
0: game wasn't it Leeds Leeds are scrapping for those oh yeah absolutely it was was a game wasn't it where got off to a fast start and um, Leeds had uh, got an early goal through um, what was his name Luke Halen. And then there was well um, two yeah. minutes of absolute madness where Patrick Bamford uh, missed a penalty and straight up the other end. I can't remember the name of the centre off that just decided to volley the Newcastle bloke in the box, um, which which could potentially potentially have changed Leeds' this season. Like I say, they've got a big game away at West Ham where if they can they can nick a point there, that's a good a good result, no doubt. Because like I say, Spurs yes. at home last day of the season where Spurs are playing for absolutely nothing, and that Ellen Road crowd would be bang up for it. I can I can see Leeds winning definitely their last game. Um and, uh, but we'll speak about Leicester in a minute, but it's for me now it's just between Leeds and Everton. So that that's all they've got to do is I think
1: just... a big say in that game though was how that fur not get sent off. Oh I thought yeah. he should have been sent off. He was on the booking when he gave the penalty away. Yeah. And I've seen a picture and I thought he was playing in the NFL trying to catch that ball.
0: <laughs> well I thought to be fair As... his first yellow card could have been a red. Um yeah, it was, a, it was a high tackle, which yeah, would so have been a major. Yeah, he gave yeah. the pen away and then he gave another foul away. And still, I, mean, I know the ref sent him off in the end, but it took a good minute for the ref to go, Well, okay, um, I guess yeah. I'll best send you off. <laughs> like, it was really pushing his luck.
1: Yeah, no, that that would cha- I think that would have changed the game. What he would have been sent off in about the 70th minute. And uh, hanging on for twenty minutes would have been a totally different matter to what he actually got sent off in about the ninetieth, which yeah. I think it's game over at that. Well, not game over, sorry, but it's...
0: very briefly just touch on Newcastle. Um, look, we know we know Liverpool won. That's not a surprise to anybody. Um, Liverpool are a point behind Newcastle, but have played a game more. Are Newcastle going to hold on for the Champions League? Uh-oh.
1: Well, obviously, uh, when we do our next pod as well, they'll have played uh, Brighton, won't they? Yeah. Uh, so, you look that's, that's as big a game as they come, really, for both of these teams. Brighton wanting to push on and potentially challenge for the Europa League space. And uh, Newcastle need to win, I think. Uh, uh, Liverpool, uh, yeah, the form team going into it. But, obviously, uh, the chase for the Champions League spot, I mean. Uh, and they're hunting them down as well. But uh, so sorry. What was the first question? Do Newcastle, will hold on. No, I, I don't. And uh, and uh, well, unfortunately, I know a few Newcastle fans, and that's probably my heart saying. Uh, I want them to drop out a lot because I'm getting the stick by the the Leicester route, and I want to give them the stick of them bottling it as well. But uh, <laughs> uh and I'm hoping uh as well. That we go and do a job on him on Monday. As well. <laughs> so, Scott, no, they are going to bottle
0: it over. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. Um, Forrest got a great point away at Chelsea on Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon, uh, with some thanks to some dodgy goalkeeping. Um, we obviously know Adam predicted a, a Forrest mauling. Um, so therefore, maybe the Chelsea point's a great underdog story. I and mean, I think what we can give Chelsea is I think they've pretty much announced Pochettino at this point having not A for next season. Um and they must just be going, how many, how many days left until this season's over? Because I, mean, I, I live with a Chelsea fan and uh, we were stood in the pub on Saturday. I said, oh, Forrester, winning." he went, well, tell me something new. We always go 1-0 down now, which as a Chelsea fan must be a full from grace where they've been challenging for titles and they know in the Champions League. Um, well, Chelsea are done, aren't they? But for Forrest, Dan, that that's a given their away record as well. That's a great point, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yes it is a fabulous
0: point
1: uh yeah yes it is a very good point especially in the situation that they're in i think uh after this weekend's results i would say they're safe yeah i do agree. i think they've done enough now uh, i just don't think other than uh obviously going into it now with southampton off rele- relegated uh but uh, the other three teams I see fighting out is going to be the Leicester, Leeds and Everton. I think everyone else, I think, can, not comfortably, like miracles do happen. But uh, yeah, I think everyone else can be safe for this season now. And yeah, the Forest fans don't like to say it, but they'll be happy with the season now, won't they? So yeah. I think from the start of the season, they made a lot of signings. From a person that was interested in their signings, I thought, they made some good signings. I just think they made too many signings. If that makes sense, to uh, gel it in. So I've, I'm worried. I think they'll have an even better season next season. Now I think I uh, think Steve Cooper's a good manager. He'll uh, probably get rid of the probably six or seven of the players that haven't worked out, and he'll have a much tighter squad next year. And it's, yeah, and I think that will be pretty similar with the Chelsea job, won't it? I think. It's quite a statement when Potch doesn't want to take it now. <laughs> uh, even he knows, uh, yeah, this season's done with. But yeah, it's it's an inter- It'll be a, it'll be an interesting uh, pre-season for both of them, I think. But yeah, and they they're just fighting, aren't they? It's it's a lot of people down the bottom. Well, I'm saying as a Leicester fan, we're not fighting. No. and it's the uh, the passion of. Leeds and Forest. That you go and watch them, and all that. Um, if I'm watching it as a neutral, I would be very happy to support that Forest team because even if they're not good enough, you you want to see your team fight, and that's all you can ask for.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. So. I think that that's the we'll, we'll touch on Leicester in literally the next game, but that's the frustration of watching Leicester, isn't it? You watch Forest, Everton, and Leeds, and they're all all their players are absolutely. took in in their bodies on the line, fighting for every inch. Um, And and we're not, quite frankly. Um, I mean, for Forrest, this must be some real vindication for the the owner and for Steve Cooper because I think there's been multiple times this season where they could have easily got rid of him. Um, And who knows what would have happened. And like you say, they brought in God knows how many players um, at the start of the season, which I I think they needed to. I think they had a lot of people on loan, didn't they, when they came on. But it's a hell of a job to try and merge all those together. You can have... Probably seven or eight lads knocking on the door every week going, why aren't I playing? Um, which can't be easy. Um, so like I say, it's a hell of a job he's done and they should take some real satisfaction from the fact that you know they both stuck together, the whole club stuck together and at the end of the day, Forest haven't been in the Premier League for a long time so to stay up is a hell of an achievement especially when most people would have said at the start of the season they'll go down and probably most of the way through the season would have stuck with that prediction. So like I say, uh, there's a decent chance they play Arsenal at the weekend. There's a decent chance they win that and they're definitely safe. But I do agree with you. I think they're already safe. I can't see Everton, Leeds and Leicester, two of those sides getting enough points to chuck Forrest nice. back in there. So, um, Which is essentially what needs to happen at this point in time. Um, we've touched upon it, Dan. We may as well talk about it properly. You were there last night with Adam. Maybe that's why he's disappeared and not come on the podcast. You can't face <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> Leicester... Uh, Let's just be brief. Leicester lost 3-0. They were never in the game. Um, I've got to be honest, Dan, I've watched Leicester. Uh, Look, I live thousands of miles away at this point, but I I make sure I watch every game. And this season, it's been painful. I've sat there with a girlfriend and made her watch it even when we're 5-0 down at times. After listening to the Liverpool fans chant uh, Bobby Firmino's name for half an hour and Trent Alexander-Arnold stick one top bin and listen to Alan Smith essentially cry on TV punditry, I did turn it off with 10 minutes to go, I'll be honest. So I didn't see the last 10 minutes, um, but I assume it wasn't game-changing. What was it like being there?
1: Oh, it... uh, To be honest, I went there with that... Well, I said, yeah, it was silly optimism. I thought, we're going to get something here. I I don't know, I thought there was going to be that freak result that... uh, you probably get once in a whole season, don't you? And yeah, first 20 minutes, I think actually, we didn't actually play too bad. I think there was that hope. I think nil nil. And then, yeah, they get, they just make too many silly errors. I think when you, obviously, I, I'll back them as, until the end, but this has just got, I can't even talk too much about the game. It's just now, it's, it's getting horror. It's, it's horrible down there and it's I hate to say because it's well it's not just my team it's our team it's and it's horrible to watch it really is it's I think like I briefly mentioned and I hate actually saying I'm liking how Forest are playing but I do not mind if my team isn't good enough it's when I don't see the passion from that and I'm I'm fed up and it's Okay, Johnny Evans was captain yesterday and he didn't actually have a too bad a game. But then you've got players on there that are also showing a bit of, well, not even, they're supposed to be showing a bit of leadership. Like I'm going to name him in it, Tillemans, and he's supposed to be what assistant captain or whatever his role is in the team. And he, he looks like he's gone. I don't, I would rather be watching someone like Dennis Pratt, maybe not of the quality of Yo Tillemans, but He's got some fight about him. The bloke, he's already gone. He doesn't want to commit to the club. Why are we playing him? I don't understand it. If they do not want to be there, I do not want to see you on the pitch.
0: Yeah, nah, nah. That's
1: simple as it's, 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 it's frustrating to watch. And you look at, a look at the team that started yesterday and seven, eight of them probably know already that if we go down, they're not going to be there. So no wonder they haven't got the fight. It's, it's poor. It really yeah. is. And it probably it probably stems from Brendan Rodgers, but we can't keep blaming him. We've sacked him now. We've yeah. we've made the, the option to t- appoint Dean Smith. And Dean Smith is now picking these players that aren't performing.
0: Yeah. I think uh, for me, there's, the, the club's rotten. Uh, you know, I won't get away from it. The club's rotten. They've got John Rudkin in, who's uh, done what he's done to get that job, but he's rotten. Um. Brendan Rogers and his recruitment staff and everything went on over the over the summer and the year before with the backroom staff. Look, we're not going to get into that, but it was rotten. I think they, they got rid of him far too late. Um, Like you say, I'll go through them. The, the, both both the fullbacks now, I'm being a bit harsh on Ricardo. He's been injured. Um, but Castagna, I mean, Vice probably. I mean, he's just not good enough for me, but probably Undidi, Tillemans, Samare, Barnes, madison they're all players that go aren't oh, getting hurt by this situation you know no. they'll rock up next season playing for another club in one of europe's top leagues probably um it's the fans that have to suffer i mean, i'm not going to criticize jamie vardy I, I think um look he's an absolute stalwart of the club and i think his legs have just gone i don't think he's good enough to do 90 minutes every game i think Leicester were unlucky that ian Acho got injured when he did because he'd kind of hit one of those little form spots that he has every so often that maybe would have been crucial in the run-in where he'd nicked a, a winner or so. But for me, watching watching my team go 1-0 down to Liverpool, fair enough. They're a good side. They're probably one of the best sides in the league at the moment. But then just give up. I mean, there was one point in time where I was watching it on my computer last night and I threw my computer at the wall when Samare just gave up. And just didn't bother chasing back. And for me, that's criminal. You're in a you're in a relegation battle. And the least you can do is show the fans that you care. You might not be good enough, but you can at least show the fans that you care. Yeah, you guys are paying four five hundred pounds a year for your season tickets. That's hard earned money. You guys on a Monday night have had to go slaving away at work all day, you know, have a couple of beers before the game, be buzzing about the game. And oh yeah, they give you 10-15 minutes at the start of the game where they kind of look like they might be in the game. They didn't offer a lot, they just kind of showed up for a little bit. But as soon as they went one nil down, it was well, it was dreadful, absolutely dreadful, and um, I it carries on from the Fulham game. We obviously had a, my rant the other day about you know the fact that some of them shouldn't have been paid. Uh, I've not left that that place. I think I think Leicester they're, they're a team going down with a whimper, and and that that's the problem, isn't it? It's the, it's the part where they're not they're just not showing the fans that they care. You never had that moment really last night when you know, we went 1-0 down or even 2-0 down where the fans got right behind him and, you know, a few flying tackles went in and, you know, like, the turn around to the fans and go, come on, you know, none of that. Yeah. It was definitely happening at Leeds. It's definitely happening at Everton. It's definitely happening at Forest. And it's just not happening at Leicester. I mean, you look back at the season and, and you will turn around and go, well, Leicester deserved to go down. Um, Interestingly, we, we were away in Spain at the start of the year, weren't we, before the season started? And we all made our predictions... Well, that's <laughs> Adam did predict us to go down, so he has some outlandish predictions. But every so often, <laughs> they do come true. Um, uh, Hopefully, kind, it's wrong this year, though. Yeah, uh, you did. You did touch upon that. You were kind of still hoping for a miracle against Newcastle. For me, I, I, I'd accepted before this game that Leicester had gone down, and I, I'm not moving away from that. Do you still have any belief, or are you? Uh, They've gone uh, after that result. I'm. I'm still
1: hurt by it at the moment. I'm hoping come, uh, I, I hate to say it now because I, I, I always what I look at the features and I think oh, I can have a nice uh Saturday Sunday with the family now. Leicester are playing on the Monday, and I can't because I'll be looking at Saturday Everton's results yeah. at the three, at uh, the I think they're playing three o'clock. Is it Bournemouth this? Oh, no, Wolves away, sorry. Yeah. And then, and it's uh Leeds obviously West Ham on the Sunday. And yeah, so, uh, I can forget about Leicester, but I can't forget about Leicester because I'll be back in Wolves on the Saturday, and then West Ham on the Sunday. So, it even when they're not playing on, on the weekend now, it's changed to we need results to go our way because, and my head is saying that if those results go our way, then we've got. I keep saying it and. If the results go our way, surely there's got to be some extra fire from someone in that team. And I hear I'm praying that Kalichi and Acho is fit for Newcastle. That would be a major boost if he is, because like you said, I think Bards has got talent. I think his legs are going. And through no fault of his own, a man that's getting older generally does get slower. Uh, but he needs support up there. If he has someone up there with him. Uh, he he will score goals and we know he will, so uh
0: well, praise the Lord. Yeah, we'll we'll leave the, the Leicester fiasco until until later in the week. So uh, the, the rest of the Prem games are a bit of a much of a much, it's not a lot's gone on. So let's try and speed through a few of these. Um we'll start at Saint Mary's, uh where the Saints, as you said, went marching down and Fulham set a record for their most ever Premier League wins in a season, thanks to, uh, I think it was a Harry Wilson assist for one of the goals. Um, <laughs> I mean, not much of a game, so i just got one question, I'll give you 30 seconds to answer it, Dan. Does Southampton come back up next year?
1: Uh, I, well, I didn't think they did, but then I've heard, uh, I've listened to talks for obviously one of our rival programmes, but... Uh, uh, They've got a few good players out on loan, so whether they can keep a few, I think they've got Teller that's at Burnley, so I think he's been scoring a few goals for them. So maybe they're a side that will be able to, they don't have too many thrill players, so they might be able to keep the blend of the side. Uh, a big loss will probably be if they lose James Ward-Prowse, I think he's a great player, and I think a lot of teams that, Potentially either promoted from the Championship or that stay in the Premier League this year would happily take him on a very reduced fee, I believe. So, but yeah, may, he may give them one season in the Championship. I don't know. But I think, I don't think there's going to be many teams that want loads of their players. So they'll keep the core of the score. I just think the Championship's too solid now. And I think there's better teams down there at the moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah so I don't think they come straight back up. But I think they'll give it a good. They won't, they won't be below mid-table, but I don't think they come back straight up.
0: Uh, yeah. um, Unai Emery got uh, Emery got his manager of the year chances back on track as uh, Spurs continued to plummet at the end of the season. Dan Villa are level on points now with Spurs, and only outside that conference league place on goal difference. For me, that's Villa's for the taking. I can't see Spurs winning another game. I, I know Leeds is one of their other fixtures. I don't know who their last home game is. um, But I, I think, you know, if Villa don't finish above them, that's a bit of a... Bit of a shame for Villa. I think they're, uh, look, I, I joke on the pro uh, on the program, but Unam you know, is probably not going to get manager of the year. But <laughs> I think he's done a hell of a job since he's come in. And I tell you what, for next season, if he can keep them going, get a couple of signings in, uh, they, they're gonna have a, a good shout at proper Europe. Um, it's always funny, isn't it? Like the, the season starts again and everyone goes back to zero, and all of a sudden the teams that were good last year, um, Leicester is a that's an obvious point: the teams that are good from last year aren't, aren't necessarily good the following year. So you know, may it could be one of those where he's tempted at Christmas and they fire him. But uh, I think he's he's got something going there. And he, I tell you what: a Villa Park crowd when they're behind their team, it's a hell of a difference. It's a hell of a noise. Um, they've got something to believe in. I, I know a couple of Villa fans, and they're, they're they're absolutely loving it at the moment. And I I don't blame them. They've they've been down in the doldrums, you know. They've come back into the Prem slowly and had a Know fought off relegation and whatever, um, but they're back now but for me. They they are back and back with back with a bit of a grudge where they belong. Um, yeah,
1: agreed. They they spent the Jack Grealish money wise, which they've they've invested well with. Rather than just trying to replace him out and out, I think they they had to change the way that they play. And yeah, yeah, like you say, yeah. How, how did we not think that you were going to say Villa will uh, have a good season next season, being his <laughs> biggest fan? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do have to agree with you. And, yeah, like you say, you're looking at both of the teams and one's on their on their way up and Tottenham, you don't know what Tottenham team are going to come out. You'd have to fancy Villa to pip them this season, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Manchester United got a routine, but boring 2-0 victory over Wolves. But after Ole's interview calling all of the team snowflakes, what are the chances do you think that Tenar can push on with Man United? Uh, I think they'll. Uh, I think
1: you've got to give him a a good chance next year. He'll have a a proper team of what what he knows. I think where he wants to go. They dwelled too much on this uh, Frankie De Jong deal last year, didn't? They? think that was going on for ages. I think then they got uh, Casemiro quite late on, which everyone thought was actually a bit of a panic uh, uh, at the time, I think, and obviously as of his age as well. But now, I know that a lot of people say that they're probably, I don't think they've actually done much better than what Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was in terms of points. But when you think they've, uh, they've won a trophy, have they won a
0: trophy?
1: They've won a trophy this year, Yeah, right? they
0: won the League Cup, didn't they?
1: Yeah, sorry. They're in the final of the FA Cup, albeit I don't think they'll beat Man City. But also, I think the main thing was we always know that Manchester United will attract players just because they're Manchester United. But to also have the draw of Champions League football next year is you can start to challenge again with the likes of Real Madrid. They they now have a, a potentially a chance of getting Bellingham if they want to. I don't know whether they do, but do you, do you get what I mean? It's like yeah. they can rival the big teams again. When they were in the Europa League, you, you're still that step down from the elite. Yeah, if. Man. But no, yeah, albeit I think the owners, well, the gla- Glazers, if they're still in charge next year, well, you've got to give them a chance really, I think. All
0: right. I'm going to give you 20 seconds to answer this one. Arsenal finished second, but haven't won a trophy. Man United finished fourth but win the League Cup and the FA Cup, who's had the better season?
1: Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, I do Uh, agree with
0: it. Yeah. It's all about winning trophies, isn't
1: it? Yes, it is. At the end of the day, that's what the fans want to see, isn't it?
0: Silverware. I think now Man United will hold on and get that top four, won't they? It's not pretty to watch, but uh, they've probably done enough, I think. If anyone seems to have a
1: problem away from home,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, but I just feel like out of the teams Liverpool might catch, they've probably got more of an eye on Newcastle than they do Man United, I imagine. Yes, agreed. Brentford managed a 2 0 victory over West Ham side who seems to be stumbling a little bit in the league, but probably won't be a problem with their focus on Europe. Dan, West Ham are definitely safe, right?
1: Yeah, they are. I think. Uh, I think we all knew that this was going to be a bit of a, well, a bit of a diddly squat game. I thought, uh, even without we, West Ham have got other priorities now. I think they've done enough to stay up, but yeah, their priority now is surely just winning that Europa League conference. I think I've uh, heard Moyes in the week say uh, I think they're assigned to losing Declan Rice, and I think. Most fans would probably let him have that passage away from the team now. I think he's done it the right way. He's stayed how every fan would want him to leave. He's worked his ass off for the team until the very end. And to sign off with that Europa League conference. And I think there'd been times when Moyes was potentially tipped to be sacked. I don't think this is actually a bad end to the season if they win this trophy somehow. I think I'd be a happy... uh, Happy Hammers fan, wouldn't you?
0: Oh, absolutely! I, like I say Declan Rice is probably off in the summer, but he's West Ham captain. here. I mean, he it could—he's got a chance to lift a European title yeah, and um, which for West Ham would be fantastic. I, it's a massive game in the week. They, I think they've got a one-goal lead, haven't they? So it's definitely not over. Um, I, I, I didn't see a lot of this game to be much because, like I said, it was a bit of a nothing game. Um, I don't know the reasons Ivan Tony was in the stand. I'm assuming he's not been banged up here, as Adam likes to say. Um, but no. I know he definitely didn't pay, uh, play. I and mean, Brentford are in nothing land, really, aren't they? I can't see them getting Europe. Um, but they've had a good season, haven't they?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think uh, at the start of the season, if you'd said to them that they'd be mid table, and yeah, they've been pretty comfortable as well, haven't they? So. Yeah, overall, they're a bit in that no man's land at the moment, aren't they? It's it'll all be about how you progress next season, going because there's only a certain amount of seasons that this kind of positioning fans accept. I think obviously them just coming up not long, not too many seasons ago, but you do need some hope now going forward. You need to the fans will be expecting either to push on. They won't just go, oh yeah, we're happy with mid-table again next year. They'll want to see
0: investment
1: in that squad. And I think they'll, whatever happens with Ivan Tony is is a big, big uh, situation to handle at that club, isn't it? Either something's going to be where he doesn't go or if he does go... No, sorry. If he doesn't go, he'll want the team to invest because he's too good to be at that side.
0: Yeah.
1: And if he doesn't go... Uh, if he does go, well, you've got to replace him. And albeit they've had a great performance today with uh at the weekend without him, that's not going to happen every week.
0: Uh, I thought it was interesting. I think it was can't remember if it was before the game or after the game. Um, Thomas Frank came out and said, you know, Ivan Tony scores twenty goals a season. Imagine what he could do for a you know a top four club. Um, he's obviously got this gambling thing that I assume is going to be, you know, he's got however many charges of it. So I'm assuming he's guilty, even though we shouldn't say it, but I'm assuming, you know, they've found something. It's a lot of charges. Yes. Um, so I'm assuming at some point, you know, there's going to be a ban or something. If you were, I don't know, a, a Chelsea, maybe a Newcastle, you know, one of the teams a bit more on the, an Arsenal maybe. Um, do you take a risk on signing Ivan Tony when there's that potential ban coming? Or does that stop anyone actually coming in and making a move for him, do you reckon?
1: I, th- I think uh, that probably stops people from coming. No one really wants, as bad as we said, no one really wants to touch him without... Nobody knows. It's, you're not going to pay... Because that's also the difference between Brentford selling him for £40 million if you know he's not got the charges on him. Yeah. Or you can only really demand £20 million at top because... Potentially, could be gone in a month. Yeah, you're not yeah, going to yeah. spend no, like, yeah, I, it's a difficult situation, and Brentford are probably loving it. They're like, we've got one of probably the top five, well, yeah, top five strikers in the league on his day, isn't he? It's, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, like you say, if you get a Ivan Tony that is a hundred percent available to play for a season, a lot of teams, especially the teams that will be going into Europe next year, that need bigger squads even Arsenal or someone like that why wouldn't you have him on the books because Jesus is you need support don't you And he yeah. would definitely help with that
0: uh, in the absolute we've left it to last for a reason it was an absolute nothing game I mean, Eze bought a bit of magic to be fair with a couple of great goals um, but Palace ran out comfortable winners over Bournemouth Dan um, how much has this result hurt Gary O'Neill's chances of manager of the year
1: I think he'd won it a couple of weeks ago, Scott, so... (laughs) no, Yeah, in all honesty, I think it's more on what he's done overall with that Bournemouth side that I would say that's why I was put... I don't think he would win the manager of the season, but I think he'd definitely be top four or comfortably as well because he's a man of... uh, doesn't really get involved too much in the press too much. Like you don't hear he's not one of these outspoken managers that cause problems for the board. The board he relatively quiet obviously we're going against Scott Parker that was speaking about his board every bloody game but uh, yeah no we've, I think Bournemouth have ended the season I think he's probably set the target and they've hit that a couple of weeks ago and it's Kind of took the foot off the gas a little, haven't they? Which is, it's not a shame. I think the Bournemouth fans would. I remember the days that we were celebrating in League One when we won the title. I imagine it being a bit like that for the last couple of games of the Bournemouth fans.
0: Oh, absolutely! It's... I, I saw, I saw their social media team's uh, video release over the weekend. Where luckily our podcast hadn't started because I'm sure we'd have predicted them to go down. So uh, we weren't included <laughs> uh, in, in all the people they were telling off. So we, we got away with that one. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's a hell of a story for Bournemouth because I think most people would have said at the start of the season twentieth for Bournemouth. So um, can I ask well. a
1: quick question to yourself?
0: Yeah, go for it. What What's your thoughts on uh, Palace trying to renew the Roy Hodgson contract? Well, I was just going to go on to that. Uh, it's, it'll be an interesting one, won't it? Because he's come in and, and done a good job. He's, he's guaranteed him safety with what three or four games to go. They started off with a bit of a bang, didn't they, where they were scoring? I can't remember how many goals it was at one point. I think it was like nine goals in three games. Um, yeah. They slowed down a little bit, um, but uh, they go under the radar because they've got some talented... I think wingers is probably a good place to say. You know, They've got some real talented wingers and attacking players. Not necessarily a striker, but attacking players. Um, I think I, I read this morning that Zaha's out-injured for the rest of the season, so it'll be interesting to see... If he's already played his last game for Palace, um, I think SA's a, a hell of a player and they'll do well to keep him. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they do, right? but it might come down to what Roy wants to do. You know, yeah. yeah, you know, He's old as well, isn't he? Like I was going to say, he's obviously, you know, getting on a bit, but he keeps, seems to leave management, but then whether his wife kicks him out of the house or whether he just gets the buzz for it, but whether he wants to do another, another pre-season, another season... Look, I think if he is their manager next season, at the start of the season, I don't think he'll be their manager at the end of the season. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, agreed. Um, But Palace could do a lot worse than renewing him. Um, he knows the league. know Palace fans know what they're getting. The Palace board know what they're getting. I think Palace are one of those teams, though, where they probably do need to spend a little bit of money over the summer because they're one of those teams that have... You know, we've seeing it this season already. They're getting a little bit stale um and maybe need a few, few a few fresh faces, let's say, to um just keep keep them going, keep them reinvigorated. Um uh, yeah, it'll be interesting wanted to see what they do. What do you reckon? Is he stay or does he go? Uh I I think he,
1: I I use he's done the job that he's been put in to do, hasn't he? So yeah. you can't not offer him a contract, I think. I just when he came in, I thought they, they always knew he was short-term fix. It was like they they want they sacked him before because they wanted to go in a new direction. So I don't understand why they would offer him. I think there's better managers out there to progress, and you they should be looking at now someone that wants the job for three four years. Roy Hodgson is not going to be in there for another three four years, so. I think you'd probably be better giving it to another manager to start afresh from. Get, uh, just say good riddance to Roy and the fans love him as it is. He's hero again because he's kept him in the Premier League. Why would you want to tarnish that again? Because, yeah, because I think I'm getting fed up with the Zaha thing because I think every year he's saying that he's going to go. and I think... He's got to realise Palace is is probably his team now. He wants to be the main man. He's not good enough to be the main man anywhere else, if yeah. that makes sense. because he, he goes to a top four side. He isn't going to be the main man. And he probably I can imagine him being a bit one of these, one of the hot headed players that wants it all based around him. Just stay there, accept it. And he he becomes a great player. He is a great player. Yeah. But I just I don't because I think I thought previously when he went to Manchester United, I thought they were going to... Uh, he did it then, didn't he? And he just, I thought that was his chance of making it big. And no, he's a, he's a Palace man and keep it that way and become a bit of a court cool legend there. And yeah, he's had a good career. All, and all. I think the Palace obviously look after him. I think he likes it there. So yeah, but it's strange because that Eze wasn't getting played under Patrick Vieira. I think he chose the Alise over... He's another t- talented one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, trying to play them all and especially when it becomes where they were in a bit of a scrappy position. I don't know. do your flare flare players we say. Uh you can't also you can't have too many of those in a team that needs to be scrapping a little, but uh, yeah. yeah. And no, he has done a good job and I wouldn't begrudging getting the job. I just think if you're gonna be building for a couple of years, Roy Hodgson's not your man.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay, Dan. Where golf can only offer four, the, the Sunday League podcast can offer the majors every week, and it's time for our Sunday League majors, the Sunday League podcast four majors. Dan, one major sporting shock from the weekend. Uh, well, I'm going more closer to home. That people,
1: were, uh, stepdaughter was plays for Count's Fork Academy, and uh, the under understep. Uh, the Year Sevens won the County Cup yesterday, so oh. won it at Aylston Park. It's it's a big uh, big week for us, should I say, because she's also playing for rugby Weeks and on Sunday it's second v first. So she could have a uh, two trophies, they won it yesterday, and then hopefully it's back-to-back league title this weekend.
0: So oh, go on uh, then. that's oh. my
1: shock of the week.
0: i we'll have to get some Sunday League podcast support sent her away, no doubt. That's Sunday League at his best, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm excited for this, Dan, because normally I just ask you and Adam now I've got my chance. So, for me, sporting mistake from the weekend. And you're going to have to bear with me for a second. Um, Sheffield Wednesday beating Derby is the sporting mistake. Now, you're going to go, what do you mean? Because Sheffield Wednesday lost to Peterborough 4-0 in the first leg of the playoffs. Now, the reason they were playing Peterborough is because Sheffield Wednesday beat Derby on the last day of the season. And Peterborough won. So Peterborough got into the playoffs because Sheffield Wednesday beat Derby. And in return, Peter absolutely hammered them 4-0. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the sporting mistake from Sheffield Wednesday. Though. You never know, there's a second leg. But uh, I mean, it'll be one hell of a comeback. That'd be some comeback, that <laughs> Uh Dan, one major sporting story from the weekend. Uh, well, as you know, I, I have a... A little
1: bit of a love for Wrexham uh, with the uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhenney story. So, as they were back in Notts County, I thought the sporting story of the weekend was the team that pushed them all the way, Notts County. Deservedly, I would say, got back into the football. Well, I think Notts County one of the oldest football teams going yeah. as well. And it, it, They got a great fan base, to be honest, for a conference side. And seeing them back, back promoted, albeit, I think, a lot of the fans may have had a heart attack in both the semi-final and the final, <laughs> possibly being 2-0 down in the first, in the semi-final. Then I think they left it until the 87th minute to equalise in the final. So, to then go and win on penalties in the final. I think that that's the sporting story of the weekend for me. Yeah. Having them back in the Football League
0: is a, a great honour. The manager also did a Tim cool I think, as well, didn't he? Didn't he change the goalkeeper in the last minute of extra time? Yes. Come on did, and save yeah. the pen. Brain shout. <laughs> that is incredible, incredible. But like I say, I, I can't, I don't know how far ahead they were of the, the next team. Uh, but Rexman, not county, absolutely. It was nearly like. like
1: 20 to 30 points. Yeah,
0: so it deservedly so. You're right. Absolutely deserved. Um for me, major sporting point for the week ahead. We've already touched on the Champions League, but I don't think anything beats the drama of the playoffs. Um, and they're all on this week. I mean, I say nothing beats the drama, it's when you're not involved. We've had enough Leicester heartbreak with playoffs. <laughs> um but uh, for me, it's interesting. Uh, I've got a, a mate over here. In fact, he's my boss, who's a Middlesbrough fan. Um, so they're, they're going into their second leg against Cobb at home, 0-0. I've got a lad that I worked with last year who's a Sunderland fan. They play tonight. So there's a potential of a Borough-Sunderland final, which could get tasty. Um, it'd be nice to see another team from the northeast in the Prem as well. But we shouldn't forget the lower league ones because they're just as good. Uh, league one and league two, those teams deserve their shout-outs. And uh, there's a chance... There's a chance that Bradford could make their way, start making their way back up the leagues, which I'd love to see as well. You only thoughts on the playoffs, Dan? Uh, well, I, d- I did obviously hear the
1: Peterborough one, and I think, is it is it Luton that are playing tonight? Yeah. Against Sunderland, Sunderland. Sunderland tonight, yeah. Yeah, well, I think obviously it, that's a, a different story because it's like uh, Sunderland, obviously, big following, big team, and then you've got. Little or Luton, and I love the stories of, uh, of what you'd say the little the smaller clubs are. So, uh, yeah, I would like to see Luton. I can't see them making the final, but my uh, out and out thoughts are that probably Borough are going to tip it. To be honest, I think I think they're the best team in that playoffs. So, uh, yeah, Michael I think Carrick, like you say, yeah. I think it'll be a team from the northeast in the Premier League next year.
0: Be interesting to watch. Um, I don't know, Kevin De Bruyne. I Me and you have both been to Luton. Kevin De having to walk through someone's gardens, get to Luton stage. It must be baffling coming over from the and seeing that. Um, I think they're playing Blackpool things. again. I don't know when. Uh, uh, I'd love to see that ground in the Premier. Would be funny. It would be funny. Yeah. Huh? Okay. So last last thing of the pod this week is the mystery footballer quiz. Dan. Uh, good news. I'll announce the winner. I'll announce the right player on Thursday. So don't uh, have to worry. It's no not Marcus this. Bent. <laughs> So, a man who arrived on St. James's Park in 1997 on a free transfer from Greece. The score of a goal for Newcastle, which ensured Champions League football for the first time in their history. A man with a world-famous angry celebration in 1998 against Bolton. A cool hero, Geordie, who also played for Wolves and Dundee. And who's got a managerial career that's seen multiple sackings Legal, legal proceedings and fights with his own staff in the Greek and Cypriot Leagues. Any thoughts?
1: Oh, I, was, I was going down uh, more of the route of the Le- Leicester Greek uh, sentiment at first, so then uh, no, I no what, I don't if, have it.
0: If you don't get it, and we'll obviously put this out on our social media, so if you don't get it and you can't remember, this celebration is fantastic. It's an absolute well, iconic Premier League celebration. And that's the clue. We'll have that to try and
1: should. get Adam to reenact it in his 5 side career.
0: <laughs> so like I say, we'll put it out on Twitter at TSL Podcast4. Dana, I assume you'll put it out on the Facebook. But what's the name yes, of the Facebook really. page? Uh the Sunday League podcasts on Facebook. Uh, L- like us and share us. Uh, we're we're getting a few thousand views um of, of our social posts. Um Adam was good as gold today. He shared where are some of our listeners from? And I can't believe how international we are. We're all over Europe, in America, in Africa, and in the, and in the UK. Um, so if you listen, if you give us the time, look, you know, we know we're not experts, but we love doing it. So give us a give us a follow, drop us a comment. Like I say, there's not many weeks of the Premier League left, so we're going to have a bit of a, a catch-up and a, a go through some of the questions that people send us. So please do drop us a question. Make sure you follow us. If you take the time to get all the way through this podcast, okay, you've given up enough time. Make sure you leave a five star review. We're trying to get a bit, get a bit out there, get some love. So give us a five star review, give us a share, tell your mates. Um, yeah, have a good week. Try and forget the, try and forget the Leicester result, and get as much prep as, as you can ready for your tournament at the weekend. Yeah, thank you very much, Scott. You have a good. Well, enjoy the bank holiday as well. I will do. See you soon, buddy. Bye. Take care.